Your word calls me forward. All scripture references are made using the New King James Version Bible. The theme song to go along with today is Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. I will leave up, I will leave that to you to decide what what genre of music that you or lyrics that you would like to sing along with. Let us begin. It is a long talk today, but I make no apologies because I want you to enjoy it and be blessed also from it. If I mention the word prophet, what immediately comes to mind for you? This is my talk today. Have you ever thought of it this way? The faith journey of those who God answers spiritually are the ones he sends into a storm for God to create peace, leaving the people a sign he was here. Better yet, a sign saying, the Lord's glory has been with you. A blessing passed down through the generations to get the attention of all those who believe and for all those yet to make that decision and become believers. Today's story is going to be all around the book of Amos, especially in chapter 3, because it is a story communicating about the authority of the prophet's message. Just a little background. It is the time of Moses and a showdown with the big almighty Pharaoh setting the captives free. Just a little fact, did you know it was all about the 12 tribes of Israel gathered in one place? That means what God was dealing with was his nation of people, all their descendants and all future generations to come. My key points that I would like to make are as follows. Pharaoh was known as an Egyptian king, nasty man, had temporarily seized the nation from God. Moses was a prophet of God who was sent to deliver them from Pharaoh's hand. God gives corporal punishment and a judgment to his nation after they were free and spells out why. Today, that smack on the bum, what does it look like for us today? And how does it remain so we will not forget our wrongful ways? Reasons for God to act becomes clear. In the book of Amos, especially chapter 3, Israel's behaviour was unappreciative and disrespectful. You can get an understanding of this by the way their conduct brings a necessity for judgment against themselves and for others to know it. This in a better word is known as a pictorial effect. They felt it, we see it and everyone hears about it. This nation made up of 12 tribes was God's family and in later in later and later refers to in John's book, chapter 14 and verses 12, 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
We are considered as outsiders by cultural standards and Jesus makes it clear we too will be considered in the grand scheme of things and will have a mansion set aside too for our nation as a gentle community in the history it was called a race. These nations, as I said before, are called the 12 tribes of Israel. They had the love and attraction along with favoured and blessings with God. All the good things they had, they had can be clearly identified as the law of the Lord, his word, worship, ordinances among themselves. That is, his goodness was laid out and bared for all to see his concerns over them was good. The greatest commandment is found in the Old Testament book called Deuteronomy verses 6 to 8. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as fortlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Other scriptures of importance as they became retold are Psalm 147 verse 19. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel, and the plans he has put in place knowing things will again break down and in need of fixing again his establishments. Romans 9 verse 5, of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. As it was in the book of Amos, there came a need for punishment for the iniquities, in other words, because of their immoral or grossly unfair behaviour. A need to make an example was required. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 17 for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God and if it begins with us first what will it be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God it is concerning all things who walk together the Bible teachings in the Old Testament are referred to as Jew and Gentile in the New Testament it is referred to as the church and believer 
Everything outside the body of Christ is related to business and trade, husband and wife, social importance and community gatherings. Can I just say at this point in the talk, when we join and walk together, we need a system in the middle to keep us balanced. That system is the operations of what Jesus practiced amongst us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 to 16 Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with Bethel? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Some more good references to support this truth are found in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 with Abraham. The sign of the covenant. When Abraham was nearly 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. In Genesis chapter 5 verses 22 to 24 with Enoch, the family of Adam, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 with Noah, Noah pleases God. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The logic of God's judgment in Amos chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, we can read God's love and care for Israel makes their judgment unavoidable. God made it clear connection between privilege of Israel and responsibility that privilege brings and punishment is not avoided. In verses 3 to 6 in the book of Amos, it shows everyone who will bring calamity into the city. Verses 7 to 8 lets it be known there will be a message spoken because it's in God's time to reveal what was the secret, not ours to decide. This shows the trust of the two walking together with God. Verses 9 to 10, the message now becomes more than, uh, more than them because it goes out to other nations as a warning. As we move through the verses, 11 and 12 make it clear, Israel will be conquered and exiled. Now I don't know about you, but this is unpacking a lot of time between events in these verses. We are not talking about the, the, um, the, the time it takes to finish a cup of tea for you and I. Every opportunity with this merits was given but a but a sure sign of judgment and wickedness 
bringing punishment for them and their transgressions to a climax. Remember, this is corporal punishment time. That is a smack on the bum time with an everlasting reminder. Whew. Aren't you glad there's a saviour in all this saga? Putting distance and space between old and new things to get it right. Thank goodness Jesus is our saviour who gave us a break from God. I don't know about you, but there are only so many places you can take a hit and need time to recover after it's all over. Often we think about our bodies as the punishment. But what about what goes on in the world around us, where God's attention really is with us? Jesus, speaking with wisdom, shared a good message at this point with the work of a prophet carries out a God's instrument to communicate with communities. Remember at the beginning, I said a prophet is a faith journey for God who uses them to reveal the himself spiritually because they go into a storm for God to create peace for the believer after they have been delivered. Here is the blessing Jesus gave them so their confidence and trust would not diminish. I certainly can understand the importance he was making here and those points were covering such things like dealing with trust, the evidence of power, the truth of authority, the awareness of what is taking place, the experience of God. Mark chapter 6 verses 4 to 6, Jesus rejected at Nazareth, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honour except in his own country, among his own relatives and his own house. Now he could not do mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marvelled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. As a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 and 17, and uh, sorry, I'll start that again. As a passage in Deuteronomy in chapter 18, verse 15, and then again in verses 17 and 19, shows Moses speaking about the future of Jesus' role that is to come. It lets us understand the peace he was delivering while going through the storm. It was about Jesus at the time for a deliberate purpose and that they had something to look forward to while in the dark place they were all living in at the time. Jesus proclaims he was the one Jesus proclaims he was the one Moses spoke of in these following scriptures. It clearly shows this is to be true. In John chapter 7 verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, "My doctrine is not mine, but he, who set, but he who sent me. He is letting them know it is of God's doing. John chapter 8 verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Acts chapter 3 verses 22 to 23. For Moses truly said to the Father, The Lord your God will raise up 
for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him who you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you, and it shall be that every soul who will hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. John 1 verse 18 No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Jesus shares his Jesus shares his forewarnings with his disciples. John chapter 1 verse 4 Jesus then shares the work of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15 verse 15 that fills them with hope because their sorrow will turn to joy. John 1 verses 16 to 24 for the the reason Jesus overcomes the world. John chapter 1 verses 25 to 33 All these scriptures are to give the believer the confidence in what Jesus was speaking and that there is another journey after this life when it has finished. Back to the smack on the bum with the after effects with a permanent reminder of your corporal punishment with God. Let's have a look at some evidence. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 and Proverbs chapter 3 verse 12. I will let you look those things for yourself. You may know the Apostle Paul and his conversion after it was all over he went to prison to continue his ministry. I must have men that is one I must admit this is one way to gain an insight into what he had done to Christians and you bring a conviction by the Holy Spirit regarding the, the times and the healing and it must have been done to be able to be with the man and share the gospel with those who were hurting, suffering, in anguish and in pain with torments and trauma from being innocent from why they were there. Paul had to pay compensation back to those people. Some interesting reads to cover the breakdown of Paul's story and those key points are found in the following books. Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 19 you see Paul and what he was like. In Acts chapter 15 verse 3 this is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 6 spells out this spells out his actions. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 16 he uses his life for the good news. Matthew 13:15 describes their reactions with the rejections they gave him. James chapter 5 verse 20 shares of the transformation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5 becomes the evidence of God's goodness before them so they could see, hear and know God is for them. Other cases were found in Jonah chapter 3 verses 5 to to 10, in 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 15, 2 Chronicles chapter 33 verses 12 to 13, 
the book of Daniel, chapter 4, verses 34 to 37. Jonah, chapter 1, verse 16. John, chapter 4, verse 42. And lastly, but by no means least, Acts 2, verse 41. God was using these opportunities for a blessing to the people, but also as a warning. They too will suffer the same fate if they follow in ways that are unclean and used his prophets as a visual presentation for people to see the truth and what it will be like for them in those days of firstly judgment and then secondly punishment. One very important scripture not to miss is John chapter 3 verse 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. How does all these stories help us in today's times? One thing that is certain, history is an artwork to be respected for because they give us many completed stories of victory and also of failures. Not like today, we are called by name for a purpose, to be light bearers for those who will follow on after we have left, to also act as a message of God for deliverance, to be used as an instrument with an invitation for salvation, to experience the gift with the Holy Spirit, and lastly, to have a divine counter with God, so all can see the glory of God for himself against our own sin as the evidence our faith seeks in truth. It matters not the past you leave behind because you're called into the future by God's grace to be with him and his son Jesus in paradise. If you have never asked Jesus into your life and would like to do so, please contact your local church for assistance. Colour your world with beautiful. My talk involves three stories today. One from God, the other from Jesus, and the third from me. My talk today is purely focused on colour your world with beautiful, not fill it with trash. When I say this, what immediately comes to mind for you? This is where my talk really is at. How much removal do you have to do in your thoughts to get to something good? Our memory is full of our activities in the world. Some nice and there is definitely not so nice. How often does your mind get filled with negative comments or an insulting remark? If I read a post on animal cruelty, my head is instantly with my emotions exposed and for reading the content. My mind is like some form of reminder. How stupid were you to read that? Look at how it makes you feel. Oh my goodness, I am now traumatized with that picture of that horrific treatment they have been subjected to. 
It is sometimes painful because you suffered with an experience that was so great you could not cope with it and it ended up being a serious trauma to be treated. That's where I want us to go back to in time, to the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 31, God made this world colourful. Let us read from verse 1. How he achieved it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the waters from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the ferment and divided the waters which were under the ferment from the waters which were above the ferment and it was so. And God called the ferment heaven so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the water, so-called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth and as it sow. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the ferment of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the ferment and of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the ferment of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters above with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the ferment of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply in the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, 
let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God sought everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So in the evening and the morning were the sixth day. In this story, six days for God to complete his vision as a world to be colourful, that is, out of our mind and into real life. Praise God he rested though. I don't know about you, but just reading all of that was exhausting enough, let alone getting your hands dirty and actually physically making it. As any artist, you paint the picture's beauty. As a landscaper, you're doing the stuff. When you look at it, the space he occupied is pretty big in comparison to our little patch we call home turf. Nevertheless, by faith he spoke life into existence. With hope, he acted on his intuition and started designing what he wanted to become life to himself. As part of his creation, he continued on with trust. He established beautiful landscapes, picturesque views, breathtaking sceneries along the waterways and spellbounding solar systems to look at. I don't know about you, but all this sounds like it is one massive colour chart to contend with. And before you even consider blending, what would even be considered as art pieces? Just to let you know what I'm talking about, I went to the paint store just recently to buy a particular colour I needed and lo and behold, could you believe it? I had to go looking through 45 different strands of this colour before I could even come close to finding the one I wanted. I think God was giving us a good point here. Getting back to the story, God continued with his masterpiece and wanted to build trust, so he made relationships and responsibilities to include management and taking care of his possessions 
he loved so much. You see, it wasn't so much God who needed it. The benefit was for us. We had to learn, we had to learn to construct for ourselves from the principles he taught right from the beginning of time. He showed us through his wisdom what it is to have trust, to have faith, to have hope and to love. But then the ugliness of life crept in, not for his knowledge, but for ours. Knowing things would get ugly and downright nasty, he created another pathway. This time he created Jesus. Have you noticed at every turn in the ministry of Jesus from the time he was born until he was crucified, he had opposition. He had all the ugliness of scandals, rumours, not to mention gossips, to pull down the good works he was doing for people. He was at their level of understanding and he created a map of importance for others to be strengthened by. He showed them what others could do and, sorry, he showed them what others could not see or explain. He used ordinary everyday instruments to colour their world with truth. Just because the sky is blue today doesn't mean it will be the same tomorrow. When it changes colour, add these things to it and it will become changed again. Nothing in this life is permanent. It is temporary. It has a use by date stamped into its genetic code. What became a climax in Jesus' life that everyone has always talked about, made the most powerful story ever detailed, written about in every literature, made into songs, all this and more from his life was actually death. Notice how it's not about Jesus, but in fact about what the colour scheme was from this world. I don't know about you, but it was building, it was blinding to say the least. While hanging there, nailed still like a statue to a plank of wood, with the wind freezing cold through you and being bruised and into torturous pain, came these words of effect. Doesn't anybody understand how I feel right now? Just to let you know, the Weather Bureau tells us the sequence with atmosphere when the weather pattern changes is noticeable. But all is not lost because in Jesus' map, he added so much more life than anyone could have imagined. He painted a masterpiece of forgiveness and grace. He even displayed it so there would be no misunderstanding to what it means. In the book of Luke, especially chapter 23, verses 26 to 56, we read about the king on the cross. Now, as they laid him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon of Cyrian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And the great multitude of the people followed him, and women who laid mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. 
For indeed, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then he will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they were crucified. They crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and casted lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who hung blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justify, we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. I want to continue on from the book of Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I do apologise if I didn't get the pronunciation just quite right. In that split second, this guy had confusion running through his mind, making a mess of all his achievements because he self-doubted himself. What it looked like and how it was formed comes as no surprise by the experiences he was subdued to. But when you are committed for a cause and powered by the anointing to deliver the good news so all could overcome hate and live a different life. This was indeed Jesus putting it in writing within the art frame of his works to colour his life with the glory of God as his helper. In Matthew 27 verses 45 to 55, Jesus surely did die on the cross. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, this is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine 
and put it on the reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection they went into the holy city and appeared to many so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened they feared greatly saying truly this was the son of God the Bible acts as a reference to the to influence us with a vision we are born with and to pursue. Our creativity colours it by our choice, nobody else's. If you have laid down your vision, you can pick it up again and make good with it. Jesus never once gave in to the intimidation or threats others used to pull him down. He showed many examples of conflict resolution. He showed how winning an argument for the sake of truth. He showed how to overcome stigma. He showed how to live against your adversary, adversities. He showed how to bring healing back to yourself other than in a physical form. He showed how you can be free from your prisons. He showed you how to feed yourself. He showed how to quench your thirst. He showed how to be safe in storms. These, I admit, are only a few examples of how Jesus coloured his world being a believer. But he expected people's he accepted people's offerings as they gave, turning away no one because he wanted that confidence. He can turn their lemons into lemonades, giving everyone a chance to taste and enjoy of its rewards with him. By doing so, they would have truth when it, when it was needed most with their life. I know for me, when I had a vision from my childhood to speak of, it was involving hope and confidence in someone's abilities. As a child, you're not aware of such things. Your actions and what it becomes happens when you're mature. What goes on between you as a child and you as an adult is a lot of generated mess to sort. Keep the good and toss out the bad. When that vision comes back to me as an adult, I had every form of insecurity to tell me why I was not right for the job as life coach. Some of those things were my education standard. Other things came from my outlook on life and beliefs formed around statues. There were even some points in my life that was about how I viewed the world because of the wounds and scars I bear. One thing I never gave up on were the values to trust or my ability to forgive. I never let go of my rights to love, my hope to believe, and my faith to act. 
The hard times helped me paint in colour to change the appearance, but what it was, my effort that gave me another life. I coloured my world through these things to be beautiful, not by makeup, gosh no, but through my spirit. Jesus calls everyone to himself and to follow after on from his ways. I have never been disappointed from reading his letters and for the joy of me writing back with news through prayer. The demonstrations Christ did leave behind us for us so we can be confident while colouring our life beautiful, sorry, confident while colouring our life beautiful when removing the trash from it. They are the types of things that will harm us and rob us from every area we consider precious and valuable until there is nothing left but dust. At some point, we have to deal with the rubbish that made us believe we were ugly. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your life and would like to do so, please contact your local church for assistance.